Hello and welcome to Black Woman Joy Podcast. I'm very excited. So we're going to continue our conversation, right, about the Smiths. So when it came to defining marriage, you gave us your definition of what that looked like for you. So Mm -hmm. that being said, as we transition into talking about this snippet of the Red Table Talk between this married couple, right? And as we watched and listened, read body language, did our own assessments and (laughs) interpretations, right? Um, Tell me, what did you um, find interesting about about their conversation? Let's just start there. What did you find interesting? I like how you put in their red body language. Um, <laughs> there was a lot happening in there. Um, my first, my first question is, you know, what does healing look like for them in their marriage? I'm not here to disparage their marriage. I'm here to talk about marriage in general, but for their marriage, how it looks for many people is someone's going to get hurt in the process. One of the things I picked up was when Will would ask her, like she was dancing around at first. And then he said, well, what did you do, Jada? <laughs> you know, right. the tone in that was like, whoa, okay. I think this is going in a different direction. And when she called it an entanglement, he then definitely was like, okay, I'm gonna do what you do. An entanglement. <laughs> and then making her or attempted to make her own her truth. I feel like there was a lot of dancing around it, but it was never fully owned. And that's what we have to do in marriage when we hurt someone. If we're in an entanglement and we've been in a situation where where we're married and we've gotten ourselves into, you know, extramarital affairs, entanglements, or we just hurt the person that we love and that we have made a covenant with, we have to own it in order to really ask for forgiveness. And I can't say, I don't know what they did behind scenes, but on camera, that wasn't done. Yeah. So one of the things that we talked about was, um, according to their story, their truth, this entanglement, this infidelity, this indiscretion, whatever language it is that we are calling it because of what they called it, right? They said it happened over four years ago, right? So over 48 months ago, this incident happened. And so now it is topic of discussion. It's front of mind. So if there was a healing in a private conversation, a private matter. And four years later, right, they've been showing up, doing their assignments, operating in their areas of giftedness. And now here they are again, broaching the conversation. Right. Um, One of my questions to you is when issues come back up, right, the cause, the probability of them causing re-injury. Did you see that happening or did you get a sense that that was um, occurring between the Smiths doing their red table talk? I definitely did because number one, I got issues with the whole, it happened a long time ago. See, I watched both videos. I watched the young man's video first, which made Mm -hmm. them respond. And he said, yes, she said it happened four and a half years ago. But he said it went on for years. Like this wasn't mm-hmm. a one-time situation. This went on mm-hmm. for a long period of time in his mind, right? So I don't know what that looks like. I wasn't there. But when we say a long time, they kept stressing, this was such a long time ago. We've heard this from other individuals in ministry. I am not going to name no names, but we heard this from somebody else. We were like, oh, we've been over this. It was a year ago, you know? And, 
And it's like a year ago is not that long ago because when you're interacting with people, you can still see the hurt and pain on them. Although this happened a year ago, you're not over it. You haven't healed from this. And you could even see within Will, he hadn't healed from it. Even in how he asked those questions, the healing hadn't taken place yet. Yeah, it felt as if it just happened, right? For those of us who are watching, I went on myself. It felt to me like this was something that just had happened. Like when it broke was the day that it like really was news to him. And it felt as Mm. if through through, like you said, his language and his questioning and his statements, like, you know, kind of like I forgive you, but I get an opportunity to get back at you. And like sometimes when people masquerade with a jokey joke, there's like a little truth in that. Right. And so, um, again, we were not at the table. We are not friends with the Smiths. We are just bringing y'all some conversation based upon what this community said they wanted, right, concerning marriages. And so I think for me, watching it and hearing his voice and hearing those sidebars and 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 just the fact that she was there. We'll talk about this in a second. But the fact that I don't I, it just felt like this was a fresh wound or something that you thought was healed. But then you pull the bandage back and you see like, wait, it's still bleeding a little bit. There's a little pus there. There's a potential for some infection. So let's talk about um, a couple of steps, right? If couples find themselves in, in a situation similarly, what do you think prevents the Smiths from making this a deal breaker for their marriage? Mm. Well, let me touch on something you just finished up with there for a minute. Okay. This healing component, right? This, this healing place. I, I feel like too often that jokey joke moment, too often in marriages, especially when we're in the public eye or we're men and women of God, we have to cover it up with something. So they covered it up with the jokey joke. We'll cover it up with Jesus. We'll cover it up with scripture. But when that moment hits again, we didn't really take the time to heal it because we were so busy trying to cover it up. We were busy, so busy trying to um, mask it in a way and act like we're okay when we really weren't. So I want to say that. So ask me that question again, one more time. What are some of the steps I think you said? Well, I, I think what I'm, I'm wanting to get to is with, with them, right. Or any person who's listening and they may have an entanglement, like how do you get to the place where what for many people would seem to be a deal breaker, Right. Mm. Um, For me, I feel like if you cheat, because we still have a covenant, even if we are separated, we're on a break. If I find out that you cheat, that's a deal breaker for me, because if you cheat, you've been lying. Right. And if you're lying, you've been stealing some of my joy. (laughs) So I haven't been there yet. And I I don't get there. Right. But to me, it's just a whole thread of of indiscretion that I personally at this point don't feel like I I could come back from that. Right. How how do people who may be going through something like not allow it to be Mm -hmm. a deal breaker for marriage? In other words, like, how do you take the better or worse and still stick and stay? See, for I'm with you is a deal breaker for me. Um, but I know that I haven't experienced it either. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where we're like, somebody said it, I don't think I've experienced that. I don't, I haven't experienced that. But what I can recognize from some of the people that I've talked with and even watching this, 
there wasn't clarity in that separation. Mm. Let's be real. Marriages have to separate sometimes. Sometimes you need to take a pause in a, in a Selah moment in the midst of it. It doesn't mean that it's for divorce. Sometimes it's for the person to go find themselves and get some healing. But in finding yourself, you're not supposed to find yourself under somebody else. Mm. However, if we didn't bring clarity to that, because even in this conversation that we're referencing, there wasn't clarity. He said, I was done with you. And I didn't know mm-hmm. if I would ever talk to you again. And she said, no, 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 no. You were done. You were never going to talk to me again. So there was this moment where you recognize they weren't even clear on what that looked like. We have to be clear and own that. Did we give, did we really lay out the boundaries mm-hmm. of what this looked like? And if there was no boundaries, you know what I'm saying? And you weren't separated and this is happening. You have to make a decision for, for yourself. What are you willing to sacrifice in a marriage? Is it a compromise or is it a sacrifice? That's something that I've been going over myself over the last few days. I think it's great to compromise, but some things I think women tend to sacrifice way too much in a marriage. And some men have as well, but there's something that we sacrifice. We love them more than we love ourselves. And mm. so we give them more than we give ourselves. And we have to be wow. very careful with that. Because if we're not, yeah. we look back later and we're resentful, we're bitter. And then we find ourselves going from correction to being critical. And then the marriage is over anyway. Yeah, you know, one of the things too in preparation for this week, right? Because this is part of our Waiting to Exhale series, right? About marriages. And um, I, yeah, right. And so I recently watched again, um, Waiting to Exhale, and that episode where the the character portrayed by Angela Bassett, she is is like going through the closet, pulling out the um, little wagon, and she makes mm-hmm. this comment, like, I should have been left you. You know what yeah. I mean? It was this moment where she realized, like, I was the one, right, who had this master's degree. I was the one who helped get this company where it's going. I was the one, right, who was taking this lesser position, right, to make you shine as your secretary, right? And and so I think that at some critical place, at some defining moment in our own lives, we know, right, when things just are not good for us, but for mm-hmm. the vow, we stay, yeah. you know, because of the for better, for worse, forsaking all others as long as you shall live. Right. So, you know, that thing about healing is so, so important. And that's really um, the the heartbeat of this conversation, because we do want to offer from our vantage point. How can you heal? And I think one of the things for me is tell yourself the truth. Right. Yes. That I am miserable. I don't like the way you're treating me. This is not what I signed up for somewhere along year number, whatever. Um, there was a disconnect and <laughs> I should have spoken up sooner, but here I am with my voice now. Right. And I think that sometimes when we live with this facade of what we want people to believe our marriages to be, um, it, the the expectation of others that we allow um, can cause us to feel put upon. Like I have to be this way because of your mother or my mother or your family or my family or my career. You know what I mean? And so I think telling the truth, truth telling is so critical, I think, toward the healing process, but also gauging to see if your partner is mature enough to handle your Mm -hmm. truth. 
Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's too is important. And not that it's your responsibility, but it, it maturity is like everything when you're talking about healing, because if, if, if neither party is willing to hear the other, and I mean like critically hear and, and taking what they're saying without immediately trying to respond or defend it. I think that that's an exercise in futility. What are your thoughts? No, that's real. That is when I tell you communication is, is, is either going to make or break the situation and this place of honesty, you know, we, let me go to me. We, I'm going to get off Jada and Will. When it comes to my, my marriage and where we are and how we've moved, there have been some clear signs for me that this wasn't working. And I learned very early in my healing process as a single woman, can we get an amen somebody? Because some of y'all haven't even done the, the work when you were single. You waited until you were married to try to create these patterns and tools of healing, which is almost, I won't say it's too late, but it's a bad place mm-hmm. to be and have to do it in that moment. But in my single life, I recognized these pain points and what I had going on. But I also recognized that my voice mattered. And growing up in a home where my voice didn't seem to matter, I made sure that not doing it in disrespect, but doing it in love so that you would know, not even when we were in crisis, but sometimes when we were, but letting you know that my voice mattered, but then Mm -hmm. being ignored was a hurtful place for me that it was like my voice was silenced and you wanted your voice to be heard over mine in a way because you were a man. And I understand that we come to the table from different backgrounds and we have different um, thoughts about what marriage is supposed to look like. And we say that this is what it is for us and we define it. But how you grow up and, and how those things play out in your home begin to really play out within your marriage. And mm-hmm. I can see you know, unexpressed anger, um, not being, you know, a place of reconciling and not liking confrontation. I've experienced that from my husband. He doesn't want to be, you know, put in a position where you talk to him about something you don't like. And so there's that place of, okay, how do I say it? And ladies, I know who are listening, you've probably been in the same position. I want to say this in love, but I'm angry right now. You probably need to take a moment so that you don't say it to him in a place of disrespect. Because disrespect is everything for men and love is everything for us. And if we disrespect them in a moment when we're talking to them, we can destroy them. We can rip them apart. And I never wanted to be that woman. But when you talked about, you know, your voice and, and I've kept quiet on a couple of things because I said, well, my voice didn't matter there. So let me try to be quiet here. And it never works. We, it just, you have to use your voice in your marriage to be heard. God called us to use our voice. That is who we are here to be, a helpmate to them. And our voice should always speak and sound like God. Mm, That's so rich. Speak and sound like God. Listen, while you're listening, if you have not invited someone to this podcast, we really want you to take a pause for the calls and go ahead and share this broadcast. Because one of the things that I also want to um, bring up, you know, and this is where I land as well, is that um, some things, I think people have this idea about why um, perhaps everybody has their opinion about or their thought patterns about 
why they feel that they came forward. Um, was it necessitated because, like, you know, they mentioned Black Twitter? Was it because, you know, there was something out there about them that they wanted to um, create clarity around? Um, or was it to really, you know, have this thing thrown back at Jada, like, you do this for a living and it's very public. Now a public thing has happened to you. <clears throat> so who's going to, you know, check you boo, right? And so it's your husband. So I, you know, our organization, she is powerful, right? So I have a heartbeat toward women and all of that. And so I want us to just talk just very, very briefly about why was it even necessary to have her, you know, in the seat opposite her husband, um, talking about this sexual encounter um, when we did not get that from her husband that I'm aware of, okay? And so mm-hmm. uh, indiscretion is what it is, right? Sin is what it is. Entanglement is what it is. But do you think that had the shoe been on the other foot, do you think that Will would have come to the table to be interviewed by his wife about a private matter and about a matter concerning his body. Like, do you think that would have happened? He's come to the table about a lot. So I'm going to say yeah. yes. I think he yeah. early on, right? When he talked about yeah. his relationship with Trey's mother and all of that, you know, that's part of the they, journey that, for that us. Was a, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, in terms of, yeah, I just have a feeling about that. Like, I just, I, I wonder, um, was it even necessary? <laughs> um, based upon the fact that even though it's public and even though it happened, mm-hmm. if you and your husband had gotten to a place, you know, could the PR people have just said, this is not new news for Will and Jada. They've already worked mm-hmm. through it. And we invite you to come back to Red Table Talk where we continue to talk about women, their bodies, marriage, infidelity, forsaking all up. You know what I mean? So I'm mm-hmm. very curious and, and I'm hopeful that as this is happening, right, and we're posting this in our group, that people can chime in about women and sexuality and, and the act and why do we feel that we have to say anything about it, especially if we are on a break and you didn't want me and we both were clear on that level. <laughs> um, but see, it sounds like they weren't clear. That's what I'm saying. She thought it was clear. And she went and did her thing, whatever that is. But I'm telling you, he didn't, he didn't feel very clear. And that's why he has that thing, as we say, in his throat when he's asking her these questions. Because I think sometimes men feel like they can do a lot of things to you. But the moment you do it to them, it's like, oh, the thing that they put on a pedestal has messed up. And, and now, now, like you said, there's a, there's a blasting of, of who she is and what she's done. Because mm-hmm. into yeah. that conversation, it's clear that she was like, oh no, you don't need to pay me back. And th- I think you've done enough of that. You know, it was clear. Right, right, right. <laughs> down. And he said, oh no, there's payback, you know? And it's like, okay, you guys, yeah. swirling for years that they have an open marriage. But once again, if that's how they view holy matrimony, I'm not here to judge it. I'm here to judge my equation and what I want out of marriage. And if I say this is what I want out of marriage, then this is what I want out of marriage. And I want that to be the thing that we push and strive for. And when you yeah. don't get that, 
Reverend Hope. It's it's devastating in the craziest kind of way. And yeah, I think absolutely. Devastated. I think she, that's yeah. why she seen. I hadn't felt good in so long. How many women listening to this are married and they haven't felt good in so long? But because it's, it's so marriage, mm-hmm. and yeah. Hey, how do you how just, do you deal with that? <laughs> just take one for the team, sis, and just persevere and hold your hope that things are going to turn around. And maybe they did turn around for them over the trajectory of that time. And maybe, you know, underlying was the fact that, hey, you've had some indiscretions, some entanglements. And so now, because I don't feel that much value about this relationship, you know, not of herself necessarily, but of the relationship, then here's an open door. And then I also want to talk very briefly about when the entanglement is someone you know, because it seemed as if... um he was in agreement with her that this was someone that they knew and, and that she was, it almost felt as if she were saying, because this individual had this issue, like she took on this mothering space and took on this, I want to heal you space um, that led to some sheets entanglements. Right. (laughs) So um, how do we deal with that part? Because I mean, clearly we know people in, in ministry who have, um, had indiscretions for infidelity, sex uh, with members of the congregation, right? Um, and then oftentimes the male still sticks and stays in his role in, in posture as the pastor, um, sometimes divorcing his wife of whatever number of years to marry mm-hmm. the person they, they cheated on her with, right? So um, how, how, what, what is one healing tip for someone who may have had that kind of in your face indiscretion? Well, let's just say this broken people can't heal anybody. Not, not that broken. She seemed very, very broken. There were, there was no progression. We are all in different spaces when it comes to our healing journey, but that was in the beginning of her brokenness. And this young man, if you know anything about him, he is very broken. He has a very mother, bad mother-son relationship. So her coming and mothering him, it feels predatory in some ways. I'm not going to lie. It's not a good situation at all. She's known him a long time. Um, he was her son's friend. Um, so that makes it an interesting dynamic. But when we are dealing with you know, leadership and, and some of the indiscretions that we've seen within ministry, someone said something to me, not about my situation, but in general about just women staying. And they said, you stay for the vow, but he's already broken it. Mm, What is that? What does that look like? Right. We say we're sticking around for this vow. I, I made a vow, but he broke the vow. So when you're looking at scripture, God does give us as people because of our own rebellion, a certificate of divorce. He says that to us multiple times and he turns us over (laughs) to other nations um, Mm -hmm. in biblical context. And do we utilize that in a way to look at our own selves and say, you know what? There's rebellion, there's broken covenant, (laughs) there's a broken vow and there's a place where God is giving me a way out. I believe many of us in church would struggle with that because we know first and foremost, God hates divorce, but it doesn't mean that he's never, he's never divorced us. 
And I, I believe there are moments where you have to let the situation go, take steps through healing. That's surrounding yourself with the proper people. That's, you know, getting therapy. That's seeking out if that's your pastor because <laughs> it was your husband or whatever. You need to find someone else. But you have to build the proper team around you to help you heal. I saw a post earlier today. Um, a gentleman got a divorce. Um, Powell, what's his name? It's not Ryan. What's Powell's name? Kevin Powell. He's been a reporter in Black community for years. And today he put on his page, divorce. And he said, I love her. I will always love her. But I have the proper people around me, spiritual advisors, um, uh, family members, friends, and other things he listed that was going to help him heal. That's the first step to healing is having the right people around you. Okay. So for those of you who are listening in right now, have the right people around you, the right professionals who are healed, the right clergy people who are healed. Amen. It helps to have the very right people. As we get ready to shift and turn the corner, tell us just a little bit about your work um, with the fatherless generation. Tell us how people can connect with you. Um, what is your work around father issues? I've got daddy issues um, that might be helpful to those who are listening today. Well, my work is reuniting fatherless children with their dads, right? Because we, we look outside our window and we question what's going on with the world. A lot of it is fatherlessness, the, the stuff that we watch on TV and the things that we really deal with in policy and politics, um, mass incarceration, a lot of the Black Lives Matter things, um, uh, high school dropout, education, all of these things deal with fatherlessness. And if I can help change that in generations, that's what I'm here to do. That's what God has called me to do. And that's what I will continue to do. Um, I've got daddy issues is really recognizing that some of the reunites that I was able to accomplish successfully still had some bumps. And the bumps were individuals still dealing with their childhood trauma, inflicting that same pain upon their ex and not recognizing that the trauma that they were feeling and the things that they were dealing with didn't really start with the person that they're facing and they're in conflict with. It started with their parent, their absent father. And if they were not able to address that, they were going to continue down that path. And not only that path with that person, but the path of broken relationships throughout their lives. That is one of the things that I can recognize in, even in, in watching some of the, the playback with uh, Jada and Will. She is a fatherless daughter still looking for the healing from the brokenness of her own father. Because what we do all the time, Reverend Hope, is we talk about, I forgive my father. But forgiving your father and then getting to a place where you heal the broken places that his absence created are two different things. And many people forgive them and don't move to the next phase. And so that's what I get to help people do through I've Got Daddy Issues. I get to help them connect the dots to their pain and then look at how that pain is playing out in their current relationships. And our goal is to heal it. Our goal is to take you back, travel through that hurt with your father, and then let you, you soar and strive you know, in, in life and have a triumphant, um, I guess, next relationship in, in, in all that you're doing, because we're stuck. Many of us are stuck. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. And um, if you want to get unstuck, right, um, <laughs> I would ask that you would connect with Dr. Tori J. Healing those father wounds is so critically important. And as much as we perhaps have 
swept some things under the rug. Um, if you want to get whole and you want to have that sense of freedom in your life, if you want to be able to, you understand no perhaps reasons why you do some of the things that you do, it could be connected to um, some father issues, perhaps women. Okay. So, um, and even if you had a good father, I think sometimes the expectation, even of having quote unquote, a good father, um, you can spew that onto another individual, right? Somebody else's son and have these high expectations that they cannot meet. And so that may also um, be an area that might need, you know, to have some some screening over, some conversation about um, some new lenses to look through, right? Because I think sometimes people will say, I don't have any father issues because I had a great dad and he loved me unconditionally, but your marriage is failing, your relationship with your boo is failing, right? Because you have put such a high expectation on this other individual who is not your father. And so anytime they perhaps don't do a thing a certain way, and you have not made the disconnection that every man is not your dad, um, you know, you may need to talk to Dr. Tori J as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's very true because those moments are very real within marriages. I I heard a woman say recently that she recognized that she was um, emasculating her husband by calling her father for advice because she grew up Mm -hmm. asking her father questions and then when it came down to it, she wouldn't ask her husband. She would go immediately to her father or if something needed to be fixed at the house. And she just thought her husband was busy. She'd ask her dad to come over. And the husband finally shared with her that he felt emasculated by that journey that they were having. Yeah. And she had to hear that they set something in place um, to move forward. Because some of these things aren't deal breakers, Reverend Hope. Some of them aren't. But for some, they are. And we have to know who we are in, in order to determine if they are or not. Absolutely. So we're asking all of you to continue to have joy uh, around (laughs) your own life decisions, right? And to own them, to partake in truth telling sessions with yourself, or if you have a good girlfriend, um, employ their time, right? To see whether or not you can share certain pockets and parcels of your life to see if it's really them or if it's you right and I think that takes Mm. integrity and maturity to say listen this is not what what I'm hoping it to be can I bounce something off of you I think that's what um black woman joy is it's about finding that level of community that's going to receive you without judgment or without um criticism but to have a listening ear to um hear exactly what it is that you have to say and then to you know prayerfully give you the best advice even if it's not what you want to hear and i think that's where real growth takes place right so i am very today for spending time with us here at Black Woman Joy. I am very excited for the work that you're doing to reconnect families together. I thank God that you're an advocate for his children because we need more people like you on the side of children and bridging this gap for families. I really appreciate your transparency on today, sharing glimpses of your own story to help empower and to educate those who are listening to this podcast. And I really want to thank you just for being a friend to me, right? Um, I think 
we need more of that <laughs> in the world as well, where we have genuine friends that we can share our stories, share our joys, and to just grow in our respective areas of genius and, and never feel competition. So on behalf of all of us here at Black Woman Joy, I am Hope Sam Sutton, and I thank you so very much, Dr. Tori J, for coming on to just give us a little um, assistance I want to say a little, give us a lot of assistance, right? <laughs> to help us on this healing journey, right? Because this was magnanimous and I do appreciate and love you for who you are. Well, thanks so thank for you. Having me. Thanks for having You're me. You're absolutely welcome. All right. So this is it. Stay tuned next week doing our Waiting to Exhale series. We'll still be talking all things marriage and relationships. So make sure you are subscribing and that you're coming back to the podcast regularly to get your dose of hope. And if you don't have any Black woman joy, boom, get you some. Okay. Okay.